Welcome to the Plan Vision Podcast, where we share simple, straightforward investment and planning ideas for normal people. The description in this podcast is for informational purposes only. Do not construe this as personal tax, financial, or legal advice for your situation. Hi there, this is Mark Sorrell with the Plan Vision Podcast, and today the shoe is on the other foot. I get to interview Rob Berger almost three years to the day when he interviewed me, and I had a lot of fun with Rob back then, and um, he's a client of mine. So that's really cool. Uh, anyways, um, I have to confess, I have like this curiosity of how do bloggers become bloggers and how are they successful and all that. So I was, thought I'd reach out to Rob and also some other questions about his view of personal finance. And so Rob agreed to come on and let me interview him today. Uh, and I should also mention just a couple of things before we get going. This is March 20th and uh, you know we're in the middle of a very unsettling event in time. So uh, just trying to keep my wits about myself, and I'm also letting Rob know this too. I am doing this out of my house today, and we got the two girls, and they're upstairs, so there could be a little bit of background noise that drops into this. Hey, Rob, how are you? I am well, Mark. How are you? Doing fine. Thanks for being here. One of the things I wanted to ask you is, uh, we'll get into your career here a little bit, but what do you do now? What is your job? That's a good question. Uh, so... Well, I still work at Forbes. I'm the sort of the managing editor of what's called Forbes Advisor, okay, which is their sort of section of their site that's personal finance and investing. I will continue in that role for another two weeks, and then I've I've done a good job of hiring my replacement. Okay. Yeah. So, and then after that, I'll probably still do some things with Forbes, but I've got my own stuff that I'm doing, my own websites that I'm running. Uh, I've started a YouTube channel. Oh, still cool. do the Dough Roller Money podcast. Uh, so okay. that's what I'll be doing. Yeah. All right. So are you, what are you good at? I mean, are you, are you, do you consider yourself to be a writer, a researcher, or can you comment on that? That's, what am I good at? That's a good question. I'm sometimes, some days I wonder, <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> um, I, I, I think my focus is on content creation. Okay. So that's, that is a lot of writing. I mean, you know, over time, I mean, one blog post at a time and pretty soon you've written several hundred thousand words about personal finance and investing. I, I wrote a book, uh, but I also now I'm starting to do a lot of video, whether, <laughs> whether I'm good at it or not. Well, I guess time okay. will tell. So, uh, but I would say content creation has been my focus. Yeah. And I'm going to, I don't know that you would know the answer. Maybe some of the audience, is this, is this something you can be trained to become is are this, is this a part of now i i'm really out of touch with what goes on in college these days but are universities do you know if they're preparing people for this line of work at all well there's certainly uh you know of course you can always plenty of ways to learn writing in college sure um, and and video production i don't know that they they it's structured in the way of we're going to train you to be a blogger yeah at least yeah, as far as i know yeah because blogging is sort of it's it's Part of it's content creation. Part of it is figuring out the technology behind it. It's not complicated, but there's things to learn. Mm -hmm. And then there's the whole business of marketing the content, as search engine optimization, social media marketing, and all that sort of thing. So there are pieces of that that certainly colleges will teach. I don't know that they have they, yeah. they've bundled it all together. Sure. So let's back up for a minute. Can you give me, I guess, your background? How did you start your career? Well, so I started out as a lawyer, went to Boston University Law School, uh, came down here to D.C., started a big firm for, for in 1992, 
Okay. Yeah. So I was a lawyer for 25 years at a firm. Then I was in-house. Then I went to the government. I was at the Public Company Accounting Oversight Board in the Enforcement Division, uh, which regulates the auditors of publicly traded companies. Then I went back to my old firm um, and then retired, oh goodness, I guess four years ago. But, but during, towards the end of that, it was 07 that I started my personal finance blog. And that really became a full-time business. Yeah. So you were a professional lawyer doing yeah. your thing. Doing my thing. And at what point along the way did you develop an interest? Before, I assume you, you had developed your own interest in personal finance well before you gained blogging. Is that true or not? Well before yeah, you yeah. started blogging. Yeah. I mean, I managed our own investments um, since 92, 93. I started investing in real estate in 05. The, the real change for me, so in, in big law firms, you're, you're basically an associate for eight years. Yeah. Then you make partner. And I did all of that. I made partner. And I realized it wasn't for me almost immediately. It's like, it was like, it was like winning an eight year pie eating contest and learning that first place was more pie, you know? Um, and that's when I decided, you know, I don't want the, the golf course. I don't want the country club. I don't want the, the fancy watch. I want financial freedom. That's what I want. So can I ask you about that? For me. Yeah. You started in 92. Yeah. And when did you become partner? 2000. And then I left, I left the firm two years later, 2002. Okay. So when you became partner, was there just kind of a letdown then? Uh, well, it, yes, in a way. It wasn't the firm's fault. I, I worked at I, the firm. I, the yeah, firm but personally. Great. Well, it was, it was, the challenge was gone. Yeah. It's like, it, to me, I have to have a challenge. I have to have a mountain to climb. And, and I had one making partner. And then I made partner and I was like, yeah, okay, now this isn't interesting to me anymore. <laughs> okay. So because of that, then you develop, so the, the personal finance just kind of began to evolve as a, as yeah, it was over time. I, I, I realized I didn't, I looked at the folks that were 10 and 20 years older than I was in, in the practice of law. And I said, yeah, I really don't want to be that. That's not what I want to do. And so it was like, well, what's important to me? And it was, well, it's not spending lots of money. I mean, I'm not frugal, but I'm also not a spendthrift. So it was, how can I manage my money in a way that, that can produce financial freedom where I can, you know, wake mm -hmm. up in the morning and do whatever I want. And that was a couple of years in the making. I didn't, I didn't wake up one day and just change. It was two or three, four years in the making. How did you figure that out? What was the, just hanging out in other the Bogleheads forums or what was your process to learn more about so, this? Okay. So if you want the scoop, it's this. So I made partner. I got my, I got the Mercedes convertible got my wife and I fancy watches and I joined an expensive country club. And I woke up one day and I said, what I have just done is tried to duplicate my father. He had the country club. He was, he had the Rolex. He had the Rolls Royce. Now I didn't grow up that way. My parents divorced. I lived in, in lower middle-class environment, but my father yeah. lived in a wealthy sort of world, although he died when I was very young. Anyway, one day I woke up and I said, I'm trying to be like my dad. And I don't, I, I mean, Rob, I love them, you, but that's not what I want to be. That's not yeah. what I want. So I quit the country club, sold the watch, the whole bit. Was it literally kind of an instant revelation where you, or, or did, it, uh, did it occur over the course of a time? Or does it kind of, oh my gosh, this is just not who I am. So it was a little of both. It was, it was kind of an instant revelation, but then it was a, several months to say, okay, is that right? Have I really got this wrong? I need to unwind a lot of the things I've done yeah. or was this just, I don't know. I, I ate some bad food. And I just had this thought, I don't know. <laughs> so 
yeah, it took, so it was an instant, it was pretty quick revelation, but then it took me some time to figure out, yeah, this is truly the kind of change, change I want to make. Okay. But you're still practicing. No, right. I retired from law. Oh, God. So what was, the, what, what was your next job? Well, when I retired from law, I still owned my website. I hadn't sold it yet. Okay. So I ran my website full time okay. for a couple of years. Yeah. Okay. Well, then when did you, how did you begin the web? Maybe you could talk about that because I'm, I'm really curious about what, what somebody does when they want to start a website. Oh, I'm going to do this thing and right. people will start watching. So it was 07 and I, I stumbled upon a personal finance blog and I thought that's fantastic. I want to do that. I like the technology. I like the topic and I didn't have a clue. So I just started Googling things. How do you start a blog? Figured it out. And I just started writing articles and I was practicing full time. So I was up at 5 a.m. seven days a week working on the blog two hours, going to work, working on it at lunch, working on it on the subway. And that's what I did for two solid years. And after two years, I realized I'd learned enough and the site had developed enough where I realized, yeah, this, this could actually be a full-time income. Um, and it kind of took off from there. So you're writing, you're doing your job, you're writing the blog and are you obsessing with the blog at this? Point? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And so you're yeah. doing, <laughs> you're doing it at night, you're doing it on the weekends too, is this? Yep. Mm -hmm. And so what are you doing at this point? Just, just producing blogs one after the other after the, it's just you. Yeah, it was just me for the first couple of years. Then I would hire writers to write some of the content and publish under their name. I eventually hired someone to help me with the advertising. I mean, when I sold it, if you fast forward to 2018 and I sold it, I probably had half a dozen people helping me okay. uh, on the site. But it was a full-time business at that point. Yeah. And can you describe the process that you would go through to actually develop a blog? So... I mean, I don't know what would be how to put together a portfolio. Would you just do all your own research? Would you do any, would you do any, any outreach to anybody? So back in the day, I would wake up and say to myself, all right, Rob, what do you want to write about today? And that's really what it was. And sometimes it was, okay, how to use Morningstar to evaluate a mutual fund. Yeah. Okay. It wasn't all about investing. Some of it was how to create a budget, right? Or how to improve your credit score. Um, and yeah, I was doing the research myself and writing the content and editing it. And, and publishing it. And so you were a good writer, right? I mean, you, you were good, or were you kind of, was it a grind for you to produce the blogs? Uh, it's a little of both. I mean, as a lawyer, I wrote a ton. Okay. And I was an English major, although that doesn't really help you much. I got to be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> and, I'm, and being a lawyer could have actually made me a worse writer. But um, I'm a, I'm a decent writer. I think, I don't know. I, it's kind of any, sure. any person who calls himself a good writer is probably not a good writer. <laughs> uh, but you know, I think I normally, a subject and verb normally finds its way into okay. every sentence. I produce. Were you efficient? I guess maybe a better way to, as far Some as days I was, I seemed like it just, the words flew right out and they, they, they fit together yeah. well and publish. And some days it's just a grind. Yeah. I mean, that's the truth. Some days, some days you don't feel like doing it. You know, I mean, do you, the, you ever get a call from a client and you just feel like, I don't want to take this? You don't have to answer that. <laughs> I mean, sometimes well, I have, it's just a grind. Well, I will say this since you brought it up. <laughs> and I don't know how it was. Um, I can find the moments with my clients to be more helpful than some of the work around, the, around my job, the other aspects of my job. The client interaction can be a bit of relief there. Uh, I, I'm really fascinated by this process. You know, you sit down and you do your first blog post, right? 
Well, where does it go? I mean, in search engine, people start finding it and all this kind of stuff. At what point do you start to do outreach to raise money from advertisers? I would say it was six months in. Yeah, but, but, but once you become a blogger and you understand how it works, you, you, you know where to go. To, so I don't have to go to advertisers one by one. Mm-hmm. I can go to companies that have relationships with hundreds and even thousands of potential advertisers. And so it, it, there's an easier process. It's not like you're, you know, hitting the pavement and trying to track sure. down advertisers. Okay. Yeah. And what determines your, <clears throat> what determines your success is your clicks, your page visits. Yeah. I mean, is that primarily what it's all driven by? I mean, pretty much, I, you know, certainly your traffic to your site and search engine traffic is the most valuable. So SEO yeah. is, is pretty important. And yeah, there's different ways to monetize that traffic. Sometimes it's based on page views or clicks. Sometimes it's based on someone clicking a link and signing up for something, whether it's a credit card, a bank account, uh, or, you know, or if it's, a, if it's a product related blog, buying a product, right? Uh, yeah, so. And are those, those are affiliate links? Is that what they are where? Yeah, that's the general term for affiliate links. Yeah, yeah, okay. Were there any blogs that were, sites for that matter that were big influences on you initially or did were you kind of comfortable with your own approach to what you were doing i was certainly comfortable with my own approach but you learn a lot i mean i've got hundreds of blogging friends now i knew no one at the time but i go to conferences every year i spoke at fincon last year which is a personal finance bloggers conference so i know a lot of people back in the day yeah there were certainly blogs some of the blogs that were influential to me, one of them was consumerism commentary. Another one was five cent nickel. I actually bought them like 10 years later. Isn't that funny? And then, and then, yeah. And then I sold them as part of my, my sale of my site. Uh, and some of the blogs that were, were, you know, ones that I looked to back then don't exist anymore. They got sold and then shut yeah. down. I mean, a lot's changed. Um, were you shocked at how your blog evolved? As far as oh, the success of it. Totally stunned. You know, <laughs> I mean, it was life-changing. I don't want to, I, I can't overplay the impact it had on my life. It, you know, it just, I was making more money th- with blogging than I was practicing law. Now, some might say that says more about my law practice. Yeah. But, I mean, my accountant would say, what's your basis in this company? I said, well, I don't really have one. I spent $10 on a domain. Does that count? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and, it just mints cash and there's it's in and, and the margins are ridiculous 90 yeah. plus percent yeah did you why did you continue practicing law uh was it hard to really walk away from that well fear was probably part of it you know it's like once you walk away it's hard to get back in um but starting in 2013 i was really part-time i probably only put in two to four hundred hours a year practicing law until i retired in 2016 completely so um, okay. I haven't been a real lawyer, so to speak, for all oh, seven years now. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I guess it's a big mystery to me how all that stuff works, but that's really cool that um, you, you made something out of nothing. Yeah, and, uh, it was fun. I'm sure it's very gratifying too as well. A couple of, uh, I guess, final thoughts I wanted to ask you about. And, I, you know, and, and this, is, this is a personal thing for me because – Look, I work in the industry. Like, I'm, a, I'm an advisor. I know all this stuff about the industry, right? But um, sometimes things don't quite equate to your personal life um, as they do from blogging. So 
one of the things I wanted to ask you, I mean, you, so you've written about, I assume, a full spectrum of personal financial topics, more than you can probably ever even remember, maybe. Um, how hard was it for you to implement a lot of the things that you were writing about? Was that ever a challenge for you or not? Not really. I mean, some things I, I wouldn't implement because in my stage in life, I didn't need to. Didn't make sense. Right. You might write about your, buying your first home. Well, I'm sort of past that, for example. Um, I mean, there is some sense that, you know, as someone in personal finance, you, you, you can lose track of your own stuff. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, but no, I, I, okay. I think more or less kept on top okay. of it. Although yeah. I do need to rebalance my portfolio right now. Um, <laughs> my 70% in stocks, I think is now worth two and a half percent. So I need to get some bonds. I got yeah, to get I some bonds just, over to the stock yeah, portion. Yeah. Just wait a couple of days. <laughs> yeah. See what okay. happens. Um, have you had any sort of um, large changes in your attitudes about investing or personal finance that transitioned as you began blogging on a regular basis, or I guess in general about the, the, the financial services industry? I've had a couple. Uh, you know, I knew that fees were important, but I, I really have no patience. <laughs> Can I just speak freely here? I don't know who your audience is exactly. <laughs> I have Please, no yes. patience for expensive sort of assets under management kind of portfolio management anymore, at least without fully educating the client as to what it's mm -hmm. going to be. You, know, you think about the 4% rule, right? Maybe you talk about that yeah. with some of your clients, but you know, he, did, he assumed market returns. He didn't assume, assume a one or one and a half percent advisory fee and, and mutual fund expenses on an actively managed fund of 1%. Uh, and so retirees, I don't think have a, many of them don't have an appreciation of what fees do. Um, and I think all of us, what the fees do over the long term. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, that, that was a big, big one that I didn't really appreciate as much until I started blogging. Um, yeah. You know what I, um, I've, I've kind of debated this myself about the AUM charge that financials, okay. and there are times I even get more irritated about it than commission-based sales advisors because what I don't like about, well, I don't like about the AUM. I think there are conflicts of interest and all that. But also, in AUM models, there's this implication with those that, hey, look, we're going to watch your money. We're watching it. We're looking for opportunities. We're going to move stuff around. And it, there are always these complicated portfolios. I don't think anybody has any idea what's going to be happening on a day-to-day -day basis. So yeah, yeah. That's, that's one of the issues I have with that. So. Well, I'll tell you, the thing that really gets me fired up is when I see these advisors trying to talk to people who are going to retire out of their 401k, out of the thrift yeah. savings plan and into oh, yeah. IRA. And I'm like, really? I mean, what's, what's the real motivation here? And when I see them talking people out of the TSP, of course, my son's in the Marines, so he has access to it. And I'm thinking that really burns me up. And I've seen it a lot with postal workers. I don't know what the deal is there. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, it just, it's just, it's just wrong. Um, and the, uh, yeah, you're right. And the characterization that we're fiduciaries, we're fee only, right? Because they get that special brand, you know, because anyways, well, we could go on on that. <laughs> so do you mind if I put you on the spot here a little bit, Rob? Because um, we haven't I've talked to you, but um, what we, and I haven't listened to anything you've said recently, but, your general viewpoint on what's going on right now and um, what would you say to folks? I mean, we talked about that a little bit uh, before we started the podcast. Yeah. Well, I guess I, I put things in two different buckets. There's the market and then there's yep. everything else. And in my mind, particular, well, first of all, in the market, the market will be fine. 
I mean, we're in a bear market. I don't know when it's going to turn around. It could be ugly for a while, but the market will, will eventually be just fine. And if you're certainly, if people are still saving, they're not in retirement, this is the best thing they could hope for. It doesn't feel that way. I understand that, but they will be, you know, you make your money in the bear markets. You don't make your money in the bull markets. And this is the time to keep making your 401k contributions and whatever else. If you're in retirement, this underscores why it's so important to have a cash and short-term investment bucket that gets mm -hmm. you through a number, a number of years. It's the everything else that is more interesting to me. And I, I wish I had a crystal ball, but yeah. I think, you know, I think we're in for some challenging times. Yeah. You know, we've basically shut down business. I mean, my sister, for example, runs a painting company, very successful commercial and residential painting. She was telling me the other day, she goes, I'm going to be fine personally, but I, all my jobs are being canceled. People are even canceling jobs that are totally outside where you don't have to go in the house. And she said, I'm going to have to lay off people and they don't have, they yeah. don't have backup. And that's going to um, ripple throughout the economy oh, yeah. in both big companies and small. And you know, the government can help and that's great, but that money is coming from somewhere. It's coming from mm -hmm. our future. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, we're going to have, I think we're going to have, I don't want to sound too pessimistic because overall I'm not pessimistic long-term, but short-term, I think we're going to have some pain and we're going to have some work yeah. ahead of us. Yeah, I agree with you. I've heard um, my primary business for most of my clients know this is working with individuals. I do have a small group 401k business and I heard from two of them this week that they're going to discontinue their plans mm. and they're not hurting right now, but man, they are, they are petrified about the loss of income. A lot of these small businesses don't have margins to stop getting income for, you know, three, four weeks, not to mention two, three months. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, it, it, they're discontinuing it because of the cost associated with it. Um, actually, no. Um, the costs actually aren't that much. Yeah. You know, I don't charge a lot and their administrative costs, they just want to stop everything. Huh. Yeah. It's like all hands on deck here. Can I get rid of this? Can I do this? And, and so now they haven't shut them down yet, but they're, you know, I think we're going to have to do this pretty soon if, if there's no relief here. So, yeah. 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 Anyways. Hey, Rob, this has been awesome. I really appreciate you coming on and, um, providing us some background on how you got to be who you are. Well, I enjoyed it. Thanks for having me, Mark. Right. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Plan Vision Podcast. Let us know if you have any questions or comments on the topics covered.